everyone. Welcome to Narcissism Recovery Podcast. My name is Yitz Epstein. I am a narcissistic abuse life coach at the Psychological Healing Center. We have a very special show today. I am joined by Rebecca Zung. Rebecca is one of the top 1% of attorneys in the nation, having been recognized by the U.S. News and World Report as a best lawyer in America, as legal elite by Trend Magazine, and recognized by her peers and the judiciary as AV, preeminent rated in family law, the highest possible rating for an attorney by Martindale Hubble. She is the author of the best-selling books, Negotiate Like You Matter, The Sure Fire Method to Step Up and Win, forward by Robert Shapiro, and Breaking Free, a step-by-step divorce guide for achieving emotional, physical, and spiritual freedom, and is a sought-after major media contributor. Perspectives are in high demand by television and print outlets, as she has been featured in or on Extra, Forbes, Huffington Post, Newsweek, Time, Dr. Drew, NPR, Talk Radio, Good Day New York, and CBS Los Angeles, among others. Now, Rebecca remains a partner in Long, Murphy, and Zung in Florida, and is based in Los Angeles and Florida. She is continuing to serve through her incredible on-demand programs such as Slay Your Negotiation with a Narcissist. She is also the host of the popular show Negotiate Your Best Life, which is available on YouTube and as a top podcast, and is also a frequent keynote speaker. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Rebecca Zung. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm a big fan of the work that you do. And part of the reason why I wanted to have you on my show is because I have seen continuously uh, throughout my practice and working with the many patients who are struggling with narcissists, narcissistic abuse, uh, is that their partner or their abuser is using the legal system as a weapon to manipulate, to coerce, and to uh, really bully victims to get something out of them or to, uh, to use as leverage. So as a lawyer yourself, someone who's very familiar with this field, if you can talk a little bit about what you've seen in this, uh, in this industry, in this field, and how you deal with people who are being abused in this way. Yeah. So gosh, there's so much to that question. That's a huge, uh, that I could spend 30 minutes just chatting myself on that whole thing. Um, but you know, the thing that basically people need to understand about narcissists is that the fundamental thing that drives narcissists is something called narcissistic supply. And it's not something that, you know, anybody is taught in law school. So lawyers don't know about it. Judges don't know about it. People in the system don't really understand it. And, and probably a huge percentage of psychologists don't understand narcissism. Um, even the psychologists that I've spoken to, a lot of them have never even, there wasn't anything about it in, um, in, in their training or, uh, you know, or, or maybe there was like a, little teeny piece of it in their training, but not that much. And so um, it's, it, it's not something that's part of people's everyday vernacular. And as, as lawyers, we just think people are, are, oh gosh, that person's either a jerk or extremely difficult, but we don't really think of them as being narcissists. And, and the difference in, in the system is that narcissists get narcissistic supply from jerking people around, from dragging them through the court system, from seeing people squirm. And so they have, there's a fundamental difference in, in goals for, with, uh, you know, even between the lawyers if their client is a narcissist, because, you know, 
a reasonable person goes, well, I don't want to spend a fortune on lawyers and I don't want this thing to last forever. I want this thing to be as wrapped up as quickly as possible with a fair outcome. What's, what does the law say? Let's come up with a, 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 a reasonable agreement based on that and let's move on and, and, and get, you know, get on with our lives and save our money for ourselves or for our children. Right. Narcissists don't think that way. They just literally think in a different way. They get narcissistic supply from pe seeing people squirm. And I've seen narcissists who've been my clients who've said, I'd rather pay you than her. Um, and, and part of the reason why they say that is that they enjoy getting that, like that that person is controlled and intimidated by that other person. So that, that's probably the fundamental problem within the system. Yes, absolutely. And I've seen that uh, in my work with, with interpersonal relationships, parents, children, intimate partners. Uh, and it seems to me that the courts are really uh, almost favor the narcissist. They're usually very charismatic. Uh, they're very convincing. They're very charming. Uh, and people almost want to side with them based on that. So how, to, how do you begin to combat this problem? How do you uh, face it? To me, it almost seems like a checkmate, like an impossible win, but you seem to have figured out a way to do it. So please inform myself and, our, and my audience how you go about doing this if you're comfortable doing that. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, it it's, does seem that way, but the truth of the matter is that, you know, judges have hundreds and hundreds of cases on their dockets and they get a little teeny snapshot to see somebody. And if one person comes in cool and collected and the other person comes in upset and unglued, then it, it, it just appears that the upset and unglued one is the one who's less credible. Unfortunately, that's just the way it goes. And so the way that you combat that is a, a number of different ways. But, you know, obviously you want to be able to sort of try to threaten the narcissist and threaten their supply source. And the key in that is going to be threatening a supply source that's more important for them to keep than the supply that they get from jerking people around and bring, dragging them through the court system. And um, usually that's going to be tied up in how they look, especially how they look in front of judges and things like that. But threatening that supply source can also kind of help that narcissist along in having them get unglued in front of the judge too. But how you do that is create, you know, a, a incredible trial exhibits, um, you know, and coming up with a strategy that gets you where you want to go and exposes the narcissist for who they are. And, um, you know, I, I was talking to um, somebody just recently and they were like, oh, so what you're talking about is organizing. It's just how you organize the case. No, it's not just organizing. It's, it's coming up with strategy and argument and figuring out ways to present things that other people wouldn't think of. Um, so to discredit the narcissist and also show that you are the better person, whether it's, you know, what, it, what is it you're trying to prove? Is it, are you trying to prove something with regard to custody? Are you trying to prove something with regard to support? 
are you trying to prove something with regard to, uh, you know, property division? I mean, because all of those things have statutes with uh, that are uh, that apply to those things, and so uh, presenting your case in light of the statutes instead of in light of that person's a bad person, that person's a narcissist, that person abused me. The judges don't, won't be moved by that. Yeah. I'm sure they've seen plenty of that and they're probably not uh, almost numb to it. So I'm just excited about this next question very much so because I am very solution focused. I work with a, a system of therapy that's very solution focused. You're familiar with the mind map. Uh, it's 10 steps. We help the individual become aware, heal their wounds. How do you see a future where narcissism becomes a part of the lingo? You know, it's like, oh, okay, well, there's some gaslighting and the judges or the witnesses are almost aware uh, that it's happening in real time. Like a, what I'm hoping for really, and that part of what I do my show, part of the reason I do my show is because I'm trying to create that culture change where this is normalized and we can get justice for those who are victims. Do you see this in the future at all where people are starting to understand this uh just in the normal everyday life i think it's already starting to happen um you know i i've seen a shift myself in that you know it used to be that um you know all all wives used to say their husbands were controlling and all uh um, husbands used to say their wives were crazy. And I actually used to make a joke that my next book was going to be, you know, my wife is crazy. My husband's controlling. I mean, because like you, I would hear it all day long. Like I'd be sitting in my, my new client meeting going, Oh, my husband is so controlling. Oh really? I've never heard that before. And, and now it's, um, my, uh, my spouse is, is a narcissist. I mean, everybody says that. So it's a new term, you know, new-ish, meaning like in the last few years, it's really come into vogue and everybody uses it. And so it is becoming much, much more prevalent. And I think, you know, YouTube channels like mine and, um, you know, others out there like Dr. Judy, who you work with and, and many others who are out there, um, you know, really trying to educate the public on this. Um, and I, I mean, I specifically work in the negotiating space, negotiating with high conflict personalities, but you know, there are other people who are talking about narcissistic parents and, you know, uh, all different forms of narcissistic relationships. And, and it's all part of the conversation that needs to be had because there's a yeah. huge, it's, I, I call it the other pandemic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know what your specialty is obviously negotiating with narcissists. So I'm going to ask you a very open-ended question. Uh, so feel free to take it as you wish. How do you negotiate with a narcissist? When I have tried, uh, I have just been incredibly frustrated. I, don't, I mean, I, I brought intellectual arguments. Uh, I like to think I'm a pretty articulate person, but arguing with narcissists and negotiating is like uh, arguing with a brick wall. So how do you go about arguing, uh, or not arguing, I'm saying negotiating so that you can set yourself up for success? Yeah, it's all going to be based on, because the, 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 the great thing about narcissists, even though they're heinous in most every way, um, the great thing about them is that they are so simplistic to understand. I mean, they're very, very predictable. Um, and And they especially only want um 
they, they only want supply and that's what drives them. I mean, and supply is anything that feeds their ego. And so, but there's for them, there's different degrees of supply. There's supply, there's the supply chain, you know, like uh, what, what supply means more to them than other forms of supply. Um, and so, yes, they're supply whores and they'll, they'll get it from wherever they can get it. But if, if keeping one source of supply means exposing another source of supply or, or, or risking another source of supply that, that means more to them, uh, then they'll let go of that other form, you know? So, um, you know, figuring out a way to threaten a supply source to them that, that really means a lot to them, like how they look, what they, you know, or, or prestige or, I mean, money means something to a narcissist, but it's not as, it's not as, as, as important as how they look to the world. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, people always say, oh, they're driven by money. It's that, that's not necessarily true. Not in my experience. They, they, they're, like I said, they're willing to spend thousands and hundreds of thousands on attorney's fees if it means that the other person is intimidated and scared and, you know, so. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, you know, my, my, my dream, my goal is to one day have a world where, uh, where justice is brought to victims of narcissistic abuse. I myself am a victim of familial narcissism, narcissistic abuse of parents, or I should say parent. And, you know, one of the things that eats at me and really motivates a lot of what I do, uh, pretty much all of what I do is justice. You know, I want to know that if somebody uh, came into my home, robbed me blind, uh, that law enforcement stepped in and arrested them. I'm not, I don't need much more. I just want to know justice is served. So how could, how could we, I mean, this might be a really ambiguous question, maybe not even answerable, but I'm just curious to know your thoughts on, will there ever be justice for victims of narcissistic abuse? Your justice is getting the hell away from them. Yeah. That's the justice. Your justice is breaking free and no longer being a source of supply for them. I, I mean, you know, and, and I know people who, you know, I have people who are close to me who have been the victim of narcissistic parents as well. And um, it's horrible. And, and what I have found is that, you know, getting away from them is really the, the worst thing that you can do to them. Because if you are no longer a source of supply for them, um, it's, it's, you know, it's horrible for them. Um, and they have to go and find another source of supply to attach themselves to, which is, you know, fine, as long as it ain't you. I mean, and I, it sounds terrible, but, um, you know, there's not going to be justice served in the way that you think. It's not like you go into a courtroom and the heavens open up and the judge says, oh my God, how have you been living like this? And, and you know, this person is sentenced to manual labor and they're going to wear an N on their shirt the rest of their lives. Narcissist, you know, I mean, it's unfortunately it doesn't happen um, that way. So, you know, your biggest justice truly is going to be breaking free and getting away from them. And I've had two narcissists that I had to deal with in my own life, one in a family setting and one in a business setting, not, not romantic relationships, thank God, but um, close enough that I do know what it's like. And uh, I, I mean, they caused a lot of drama, trauma and chaos into my life. And um, I know 
how horrible it was. And, you know, you're not going to be able to, you know, like have your dog go sick them or something. I mean, it's just, you have to just hope that karma will do its job and um, that they will get theirs eventually. Uh, and, um, and, and just create invincible boundaries, go no contact and uh, living well is the best revenge. And, and honestly, the best revenge is to disappear them from your life as if you're wiping the CPU and you, you never even met them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I greatly appreciate that. And, uh, uh, for me personally, uh, going no contact was, was the way to go. Uh, and, and I've thrived ever since, uh, not necessarily for everybody. And I want to ask you, uh, with, coming back to the negotiating with narcissists, you know, one of the personal sentiments I've had was revenge. Uh, and one of the, also as an empath and I, a, a people pleaser wanting to, wanting to save and help the narcissist, I was engaged in trying to, uh, just uh, just argue with them, communicate with, with them, and try to get them to see the errors of their ways. And, you know, from what I've experienced is that they can't really change. And maybe they, maybe they possibly, on, uh, there's a chance, 0.1% chance that it could, they could change. Uh, but I just don't think they can. I don't think they, they, they it, it comes from a will. It comes from a desire. It comes from self-reflection and, and an ego death that I don't think they're willing to, to do. So this might be a little bit away from the, the lawyer element of, of, of this conversation, but in your opinion, um, you know, victims of, 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 of childhood abuse who become narcissists, right? Like what a tragedy that is because uh, ultimately speaking, I know it's very easy to demean, devalue, defame, and, and hate these people. And, and for a while I was one of those people but I've gotten to a place in my life where I'm like, okay, I want to understand them. I want to understand what makes a person be like this because it's very troubling to think that a person will drag their loved ones into hell just to get narcissistic supply. Why do people become narcissists? What is wrong with the human condition that that is a result of it? I mean, from everything that I've read, and I've read a ton of books on this to look you know, I'm self-taught with regard to this so that I could become um, a better teacher as far as how to negotiate with them. And from everything that I've learned, it's something that happened in their childhood, that something uh, broke inside of their brain, some kind of neuronal pattern was created where they um, drew this conclusion that the world is a bad place. They can't trust anyone. They have no sense of self and they have no internal sense of value. Um, and so they have to get all of their value from the external, uh, whether it was a trauma that happened to them. I've also read some things that say that it, it could possibly have happened because they were overly indulged as children. Um, and you know, whatever it was that happened to them, um, they just now believe that they, they're, not, they're inherently not lovable. And so they have to put on this big show uh, that, um, and, 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 and try to get any sense of value for themselves for, from the external. And, and they see every single person that comes into their world as an opportunity to suck that value. And, and from the many psychologists that I've spoken to, um, 
they, that part, that neuronal pattern just cannot be healed. They cannot learn how to actually have compassion and care for people. They can learn the, the, the most that they can learn from what I understand is the motions. Like they can go through, they, they can learn, oh geez, my spouse is sick. So a person who cares will ask my spouse how they're feeling. I mean, so they can learn how to go through the motions, what it's supposed to look like, but they can never actually care that their spouse is sick. Like actually go, oh gosh, you know, that must be so hard for you. I hate that you're sick. I don't like that you're feeling this way. It hurts me that you're feeling this way. You know, like a true empath would. Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the de uh, developing healthy uh, compassion and empathy uh, is lacking in that way, uh, grossly lacking. And it's bizarre just to continue how, how out of touch these individuals are with the fact that this is the case. Uh, and I can imagine if they were never shown empathy and never shown compassion, then very early and very often they learned that these things were, were dangerous and, and commod uh, you know, commodities that can be used uh, against other people. Um, so it, it's it, as troubling as it is, I get it and I understand it. Although obviously I wanna, I wanna be, the, be part of the solution. And um, I do think that the work that you do and, and, and lawyers who understand this in the courtroom and because I see it as, you know, a lot of the narcissism that takes place is inter, interpersonal, you know, relationships. And, and one of the things about walking away from a narcissistically abusive relationship is you're going to give the narcissistic abuser a narcissistic injury. And then, as you know, and, and, and the injury is, is to them is, is like death. So what they will do is they will, if they feel like they're already dying, they're already self-destructing, let me just destroy this person take them down in whatever possible way. And I want to, I want this to lead into my next question really about children uh, because I see children being used as pawns in the courtroom against their partners. And it's just, I mean, I don't like to use, you know, strong uh, words when it comes to this, but I, I see it as simply disgraceful and something that is absolutely just detestable. And my question is how do you deal with that? I guess in some ways you can't really because they have leverage, but, how could you, what could we, what could be done to protect these children who are just, you know, the way I see it being destroyed by their narcissistic parents against the other partner? Yeah, it's really awful what they do. I mean, they, and they, they use nar uh, children just the same as they use anybody, which is a sort for, form of supply. And, and if they can use children against the other spouse as a form of supply by, gaslighting or triangulating or whatever, like, you know, maybe they are um, using them to, uh, as a flying monkey, like, you know, trying to turn the other children, tr trying to turn the children against the other parent. Um, they'll do whatever they need to. And, you know, how do you protect them? I mean, it's not an easy, there's no easy answer with that because people have an inherent right to their children and they have an inherent right to be parents to their children. So you can't just say, oh, that person's a narcissist and they've been abusive and so therefore take the children away from them. It, narcissism is not illegal. I mean, it seems like it should be, but it's not. Um, and it's not grounds for taking children away from, from parents. And so, you know, you just have to go back to what does the statute say about what's in the best interest of the children and then try to prove what kind of parent they are in light of the statutory factors. Yeah. 
Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that as laws catch up to the current reality, I think that eventually they'll make more and more laws that make it more and more obvious that this is taking place. But um, it's just troubling, obviously, in this line of work to hear those stories. It, 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 every single time I hear it, uh, it, it just it, uh, it's troubling, like I said. So um, to kind of conclude a little bit uh, here, you, you, we mentioned a little bit earlier that you had a gift for our listeners. So what is that gift? I'm sure my listeners would be happy to get involved in that. Yeah, it's my free Crush My Negotiation prep worksheet. And it's now been downloaded by thousands of thousands of people. Um, and you just go to winmynegotiation.com and it's 15 pages. It's basically an ebook and it's totally free and it's helped so many people. So just go to winmynegotiation.com and it's all yours. Yeah, beautiful. And if, if and also you have a program negotiating with narcissists. So yeah, um, please tell our, yes. I'm sorry, slay, slay your negotiations with the narcissist. My apologies. So if you can tell our, our listeners a little bit about that program you offer, what are its benefits and, and some about that? Absolutely. So slay is actually the methodology. Um, it stands for develop super strong strategy, create invincible leverage, anticipate what the narcissist is going to do and be two steps ahead of them and focus on you and your case. And um, it's the only program of its kind like that. I actually, you know, people think they need a good lawyer. A good lawyer should only be part of your strategy. There are many, many millions of people out there who all they thought they needed was a good lawyer and, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars later and many years later, they're still not done with their cases because they didn't just need a good lawyer. They also needed um, to learn how to develop strategy and leverage. And that's what I teach you how to do in the SLAY program. Um, and uh, everything is on my website, which is rebeccazung.com, R-E-B-E-C-C-A-Z-U-N-G. Um, and, um, and tons, tons, tons more information also on my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com forward slash rebeccazung. Excellent. Wonderful. And okay, so I have two more questions for you uh, before we do finish up. The first one is, what are your tricks, if you're comfortable sharing, to disarm a narcissist? I mean, the best way to disarm a narcissist is to not play into their little uh, tricks to get you under their web of control. So if they try to bait you and goad you, you, you just try to stay uh, unemotional. You know, so if they're saying like you're a deadbeat dad or you're such a loser or something that's like, you know, re really highly emotional where you, you want to like defend yourself, like, oh, you think I'm a loser? Like, I look at all the things that I've done in my life or whatever, you know, rather than do that, just disarm them by saying things like, staying very unemotional and almost yeah. as if you're reporting the facts or you're reporting the news. Yeah, like, yeah we call it, it non-reactivity. You, you just don't react and you don't engage and, and you take away that reaction, which is really oftentimes what they're vying for, which is that supply that, that you mentioned. And um, so finally, less of a question, more of some, uh, your thoughts. Right. What, thought, what could you tell our listeners? Uh, what last words, piece of advice you can give our listeners who are struggling mightily from recovering from narcissistic abuse, not necessarily in battle in a courtroom, but in general, uh, to lift their spirits, give them hope and give them 
uh, encouragement while they are up against some of the most dangerous predators that I have yet to, to see. Yeah. Yeah, and they really are predators. Um, I would just say, you know, what worked for me was to um, learn how to just not take it personally and understand that these are very broken people and, and, and learn how to pivot by thinking about things that are um, positive and, you know, listen to YouTube videos or tapes or whatever, you know, books on tape or whatever you need to in order to take your mind off it and just start really realizing that it's not you, it's them. And, um, and, and all of the work that, you know, you're doing, I'm doing, everybody else out there is doing is to teach you that it, you can, there it is hope. It is much better on the other side. Many millions of people have escaped these relationships. You absolutely can too. And um, yeah. just starting to learn that it's not you, it's them, is the first step in, in really starting to heal, I think. Yeah, I could not agree more. Well, thank you, Rebecca, for taking the time out of your busy day to join me on today's show. It is an honor to have you here. So thank you one last time. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, it is my pleasure. And thank you everyone so much for joining me for today's episode. Until next time, all the best. Thank you.